a supergroup of sorts with members of the Leslie West Band, King Crimson, and Ian Hunter coming together with a bona fide rock god vocalist for several generations. Foreigner took the world by storm in 76, releasing their first album in 77 and already headlining arenas by the end of that year. The resume includes six multi-platinum studio albums, three multi-platinum greatest hits releases, two gold greatest hits releases, 15 top 40 singles with a single going all the way to number one on the Hot 100. FYI, Journey never had a number one hit. Now, could you pick Lou Graham or Mick Jones out of a crowd at a train station? Probably not. But they've been going strong for six decades now and are still selling out theaters and are absolute staples on every classic rock station in America. Not bad for a supposedly faceless band. So buckle in for our foreigner conversation. You'll be seeing double-double by the time we're done. Welcome to Growing Up Rock. Now, crank it up. Hey, Sonny, do you consider yourself a dirty white boy? No, because I'm brown. <laughs> do you consider yourself a dirty brown boy? Uh, some do. <laughs> uh, all right. In your youth, did you see double vision when you were drinking a lot? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Double vision <laughs> was uh, definite for many, many years. So we are talking all things Foreigner. Foreigner, definitely a guitar-driven rock band for sure. Maybe known for some of their ballads, but definitely known for some of their rock stuff too. And definitely an early band for me in my growing up rock years for sure. Yeah, for me, they're a MTV band, right? I'm, I'm getting in right around 84, the ballads that were hooked me. I Want to Know What Love Is was probably the first song I heard. And then, uh, you know, I heard Foreigner off on, off on. And this happened to me a couple of times with a few bands. But my first Foreigner purchase was actually that 92 Greatest Hits, The Very Best and Beyond. And to this day, it's one of the best Greatest Hits albums I own. And it's got all the hits you would want to hear. And then I kind of went backwards and listened to a bunch of Foreigner stuff. And I was really into Foreigner, I would say, in that uh, late 80s, early 90s. It was synth up. It was a little more polished. And really, those first three albums are kind of hit and miss for me, depending on what the song is. But that's kind of how I got into them. How about you? 
Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about Foreigner and how we got into him because I think that the three or four years difference in you and I will definitely be apparent in a band like Foreigner. So for me, I came into Foreigner having heard a lot of the hits from the first two or three records, but then I hit high school around about the time Foreigner 4 came out. And of course, Foreigner 4 was a huge record with Urgent, especially out of the gates. I can remember going to high school with a friend of mine that had the kick-ass stereo, just blasting Foreigner 4, and that was really sort of a catapulting point for me and uh, just guitar-driven rock and roll, and especially so many great songs on those first three records. So that definitely is my entry point to Foreigner for sure. And Waiting for a Girl Like You didn't turn you off? No, we're going to talk about that, actually, because uh, I have a a story that goes along with that. But I think we both approach this episode from two completely different periods of time, and we're both going to approach this episode with a little bit different spin that I think will be fun and interesting to the listeners. But before we get into this episode, you know what we got to do. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So today's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, we're going to go with a little bit more of a melodic rock song to coincide with our Foreigner episode. On Frontiers, they released a new band called Waiting for Monday. Kind of a strange name for me. Uh, Waiting for Monday is a new melodic rock band formed by vocalist Rudy Cardenas and guitar singer August Zandra. Now, is that a rock star name, August Zandra? The band hails from Los Angeles and was brought to the attention of Frontiers by Sonny's favorite singer, Jeff Scott Soto. Not really his favorite singer, but definitely one he loves. With the label moving quickly to sign them based on their outstanding talents, musically you can expect classic chart-toppy melodies a la Journey, Sticks, and guess what? Foreigner. Here's a song called Inside Your Head.
Yeah, so I checked this album out uh, when it came out. It's definitely, especially Rudy's voice, has got like Journey, Foreigner, and Rival Sons kind of all put in a blender. And I remember seeing that name, and I'm like, why do I know that name? You know Rudy was on American Idol. Holy crap. No, but now that you mention that, I'm starting to think about that a little bit. Yeah, so he made the final 12 on the male side in season six. He got booted doing free ride. Um, Jordan Sparks won that year. I'm like, I have seen that name before. I remember listening to him going, oh man, he's got a great rock voice. He's got no shot on American Idol because they don't like great rock voices. <laughs> yeah, and that was uh, before guys like Durbin and, uh, and Adam uh, Lambert. Season six was early on. Yeah, but even like a Lambert, he doesn't have like the gritty rock voice, yeah. right? Like even Daughtry didn't win because it's just a little too gritty. Like right. it's not clean enough. Durbin's is a little more cleaner. That's why he had a shot. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, the name August Zandra. I saw August Zandra perform with Dennis DeYoung's band when they came through town last year. And he is an amazing guitar player and singer uh, because you know if they're doing all the stick stuff you got to be able to play guitar and you got to be able to sing so august zandra is a really talented guy i think he's a git guy and is starting to really make a name for himself out there in la so i'm excited to hear more from this band the record as a whole for me is probably a little bit too light for me uh, but there's that being said, there's some really good material on it that I like. And Inside Your Head was one of them that I picked out to play. But yeah, Waiting for Monday. If you dig that song, check out more of the record. If you like it, go pick it up. New on Frontiers Records. I think it's been out a few months at this point. But check it out. The Return of Foreign. Agent Provocateur, the best in new music from Atlantic Records and Cassettes. Have you seen Foreigner live at all? I've seen him several times. So Foreigner at this point has basically become a yearly event for us because they always come through town. They usually always play one of the amphitheaters during the summer. And for whatever reason, seems to always end up on a Friday or Saturday night for the most part. So it's a great time because to me, and I've said this for the last several years, the band has never sounded better. Guys like Kelly Hansen and, and uh, Jeff Pilsen and, you know, Hansen and Pilsen, they both have been there now. I think Pilsen's been in the band since 2006 and... Uh, I think Hanson's been in the band since 2009. I mean, they just sound amazing now. You know, Mick Jones, he comes out and he plays a few tunes, or if you're lucky enough to catch him on a good night, he'll be there for most of the set. But yeah, I just think they sound great, and it's usually fairly uh, cheap ticket. So yeah, I go just about every year to see him because I love the songs. I love the hits. Yeah, I see them probably every other year. Uh, they play a lot of the casinos, so they'll they'll be down here in Lincoln, play the casino every once in a while. So I've seen them probably five times over the last 10, 12 years, 
But uh, I saw them twice with Lou in 94, 98, and they were still good. I mean, you got to think by the time I see them live, they've been, you know, going hard at it for like 18 years, right? And they, they still had it. Lou still sounded good. So this band, I'm just surprised there's not tons of books. I know Lou Graham's written a book. I'm sure there'll be a movie someday. I'm thinking, I guess it's tough to do a movie about a faceless band because, you know, these guys aren't exactly, I guess they didn't do enough crazy stuff or they weren't pretty enough to be on the front of every magazine. So I think even if somebody was to recognize Lou Graham, they would recognize the 82 Lou Graham. They wouldn't recognize the 2018 Lou Graham. And I don't think anybody would recognize Mick Jones, but this was like a semi super group. I mean, you know, you get somebody from King Crimson and Ian Hunter and the Leslie West band in the mid seventies. That's a super group, right? Spooky tooth too. Yeah. I mean, these are big bands in the seventies. Well, I'll tell you what, what a lot of people don't realize is when they put out that debut album in the late seventies, Foreigner was one of the first bands to really sell a major amount of albums. I mean, you didn't hear about a lot of bands selling platinum millions of albums until Foreigner. Foreigner was one of the first, and you can look that up. Even bands like Zeppelin and bands like that, they weren't selling millions of records at this point. Of course, they went on to sell millions of records, so their catalog caught up with them. But uh, in the late 70s, there just weren't a lot of major million-selling bands. And, uh, you know, they were, they were selling five, six, seven million records. Those first three records sold amazing. Yeah, and we'll get to some of the stories when we talk about the songs, too. But, I mean, if you think about a movie script, right? So you got... Six guys that get together, three are English, three are Americans. They call themselves Foreigner because no matter where they play, they're going to be a Foreigner. They release a couple of albums. They're big right out of the gate. They release their third album. They have a huge amount of problems with the radio stations and the Bible Belt because they got this uh, young girl that possibly was under 18 and a men's bathroom on the cover, and she's erasing her phone number off the wall. You know, 80 comes around, they're about to release the fourth album. They get rid of two of the members because, you know, they're contributing too much to the songwriting. Then you got uh, the guitar player goes and becomes a producer with people like Bad Company, Billy Joel and Van Halen. The singer leaves because he wants to do solo stuff. You got the whole, you know, Lou Graham's doing solo stuff that should have been kind of like Foreigner songs, just like Perry did with Journey. Uh, you get a new singer comes in and in uh, 92, it doesn't go well. Lou Graham comes back because of the Los Angeles riots and they happen to be in the same hotel. He leaves again. Like there's this, there's so much of a storyline that this could be a movie. Yeah. You know, they were never a band that for the most part aired out a lot of their dirty laundry. I think there were always issues within the band. They definitely had personnel changes along the way. I think as time went on, uh, Lou Graham and Mick Jones didn't really necessarily see eye to eye. And in fact, I watched an interview, a really old interview today, which basically they said exactly that, you know, we didn't necessarily see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. So, you know, who knows, maybe it will be a docudrama at some point in time. 
Yeah. And I thought it was interesting because I, I listened and watched some of those interviews too. And, you know, I know that Mick and Lou didn't get along all the time. I was surprised that Lou was the guy that wanted to be the rocker. I figured Mick would be the one that wanted to be the rocker. And I think Mick is the business head saying the ballads are making money and uh, we need to, we can rock, but we got to still be singing ballads too. And I think Lou was losing the taste for that pretty quickly. Well, especially because in the early years, I mean, the band built their reputation on rock tunes. They weren't one of these bands that had hits with ballads out of the gate. Those first three albums, all the songs off those first three albums were rockers for the most part. Yeah, I think the issue is they're hit and miss for me, those first three albums. There's just some melodies I don't like. And that whole piano and it sooner or later becomes synth fit better in the 80s. Like they were the 80s before the 80s were 80s, if that makes sense. It's probably why 4 did so well, because it has a good combination of guitar, rock, and it's got the ballads and it's got the piano and synth. So I think they were doing that right out of the gate because even the first couple of albums, there's some rocking songs on it. Don't get me wrong, but it doesn't punch you in the face. Like this is not, you know, heavy metal by any means. And you can't even really call it hard rock. It's guitar driven rock for sure. But this is hitting the charts here. This isn't, um, I mean, they had some hit, hit songs on the hot 100. They had a great chemistry. There's no doubt. And I think in, any chemistry where there's two people involved, whether it's a marriage or a partnership, sooner or later, you're going to start having arguments. And I, that just happened. With a lot of bands, really successful bands, you always see the two components of a great lead singer and a great guitar player. Now, I don't know if Mick Jones was necessarily a great guitar player. He was certainly never looked at as a guitar hero, but what... Lou Graham and Mick Jones did really well together is right. I mean, they wrote really great together. Lou Graham certainly was one of the great singers uh, back then of all time, but nobody ever looked at Mick Jones and said, oh, this guy's an amazing shredder or amazing guitar player, at least not that I ever heard anyhow. So it was more the writing talents, I think, of Mick Jones than anything. And to me, those early records, it's definitely a tale of two different bands. You can see the progression in this band. And you liken the stuff in the 80s as opposed to some of the earlier stuff. It's not a surprise to me at all. And vice versa, me liking the stuff in the uh, late 70s and early 80s as opposed to some of the stuff in the uh, mid to late 80s is no surprise at all for most people that listen to this show. Those early hits off those first three records, uh, Head Games, Double Vision, and the Foreigner debut record are straight up hard rock songs. Songs like Feels Like the First Time and Dirty White Boy and Double Vision, Head Games, all that stuff. I mean, that's just guitar-driven hard rock. And that's what they were having success with. That's what they were selling millions of records on and basically laying the foundation for their career uh, in those early years. Yeah, and I compare them to Journey a lot because there is a lot of similarities. But Foreigner has this a little bit more than Journey does. But when you go back on a fresh year, and listen to really the first four or five albums. The hits that you know don't compare 
to the songs that you really don't know. Atlantic's not stupid. Like the, the magic that was happening was literally jumping off the tape. It's almost like a dual personality of writers, right? It's the same people writing all this stuff, but it's like some of it's so unbelievably like chart topping. Anybody would listen to this type hit. And then the other one's like, oh, that's a good rocker, but that's not as good as blah, blah, blah. And they made the job for Atlantic very, very easy to go figure out what should be released as singles. And I think that's why they had so many hits. Yeah. And I'm ready to get into this, but before we get into this, I got to kind of explain. So the first part of this is going to be Sonny and I going through our top 10, but what's going to be absent from my list versus Sonny's list, because we both approach this two different places. My list is basically going to cover songs from 84 to 94, because that's the period of time that I think is least known by foreigner fans. And I think it's also the time period for me personally that I didn't know as much about. Like, I definitely have a top 10 foreigner hits of all time that everybody who's a foreigner fan is going to know. And I'll share those at the end of this episode. But this top 10, as Sonny and I go through it, my top 10 is going to cover 84 to 94 because there's a few things in here that I wasn't familiar with at all that I found and I love. And so I'm going to be sharing that stuff as we go through this list. Yeah. And my approach was really, it's a true top 10 of the whole history. But for me, I had to pull the ballads out. Very similar to what we did with the journey episode is if I didn't make the ballads a separate list, my top 10 would have had five ballads in it. And that probably wouldn't have been too cool because they got way better songs than that. So I have a top five ballads list that I will share afterwards. So if you're like, uh, there's no ballads on Sonny's list, that's why. All right. So before we get into this, I'm going to share a little bit more of my history with the bands. I already told you guys I got into them around four and four. I'd heard some of the hits. The first time I saw the band, I did see the Lou Graham version of the band. I saw them on the Agent Provocateur tour. And that's the first time that I saw the band live. And then since then, I've seen them a million times. But that's my history uh, with the band. I kind of checked out around Agent Provocateur because they were, we'll get into it. They were just going to a place that musically wasn't where I was at the time. So you want to add anything to that, Sonny, before we start this? Uh, no, let's get into it. And I will start with my number 10. So my number 10 is a song called Low Down and Dirty from 91's Unusual Heat. So we are at a point in the band's tenure where Lou Graham leaves. He wants to do his own thing. He's thinking Mick just wants to make money doing ballads. So uh, he bounces. And Mick Jones is out there looking for another singer. By the way, when they hired Lou, they auditioned 40 to 50 singers before they found Lou. So it wasn't, I don't think it was that easy to go find somebody, but they land on a guy named Johnny Edwards. He was in... King Cobra, he was in Northrop for a while, uh, which is a Bay Area band, and he was in, um, oh, Montrose. Now, for whatever reason, Johnny Edwards had a little bit of a name in the Bay Area. I remember that. So when I heard that he was going to be the guy, I'm like, oh, 
okay, well, I, I think I know that guy. I think I've heard that guy. Maybe I saw him in a club or something. So this song was written by Mick, Johnny, and a guy named Terry Thomas, who had had some success with bad companies switching from Paul Rogers to Brian Howe. First single, but the album didn't do that well. And the single didn't chart at all. And what's weird is this lowdown and dirty has kind of got this rock groove that Lou would have actually liked. So it's interesting that what Mick was writing kind of drove him away because I think Lou would have enjoyed singing this. And Johnny did an okay job selling the stuff that's on Unusual Heat. But when you see YouTube videos of him trying to sell the other stuff, he sings it okay, but he can't sell it. But Brian Howe has the same problem with Old Bad Company with trying to replace Paul Rogers. So that's not a new problem. That was a problem that probably anybody's going to have in replacing a, basically a rock god of the 70s and 80s, uh, vocalist-wise. So my number 10 was uh, Low Down and Dirty. Number nine comes off of an album called Mr. Moonlight in 94. And there was five singles released on this album, but my song Running the Risk wasn't one of them. And uh, basically what happens is Lou comes back. Uh, the previous album had flopped. Uh, this is the whole LA riots. Both Lou and Mick are in LA. They can't get to the airport. Uh, they decide to kind of hold up in this uh, hotel you know, there's armed security everywhere, blah, blah, blah. They talk, they start yapping, they start reminiscing, and bam, Lou's going to be back. This album didn't do that great either and effectively basically killed Lou Graham's run in the band. Uh, the song's pretty cool, though. It kind of builds into the chorus, and then it kind of comes back to that mid-tempo verse. And I remember when this album came out and hearing some of the songs off of Mr. Moonlight, I'm like, oh, man, Lou is back, baby. But they just, they didn't, uh, it's also 94, so I don't know if they would have had a hit no matter pretty much what they did. And number eight for me is a song called Nightlife off of Foreigner 4. It's the opening track.
straight ahead rock tune. I think when you hear the big ballads they're known for in the 80s, you can completely understand where Lou was coming from on, can we do more of like nightlife and do less of, I want to know what love is because I think he understood that you got to have the guitar. You got to have memorable vocal melody. You got to have a killer chorus. Like in this song, the guitar is almost singing part of the verse melody. And I think that's what Lou really liked. Cause by the time he gets to like shadow King and some of the other stuff that he was doing, you hear a lot more of nightlife type songs versus the straight up ballads that he ended up being known for. So that is my 10, nine and eight. What do you think about those? I think they're all good selections. Uh, I think we should mention to the listeners, neither Sonny nor I shared our list with each other. So this is all completely new to both of us. And you're probably going to have some songs overlap that we're going to talk about. And yeah, I think all those choices are great choices. I even think that some of those songs are probably going to appear on my list at some point. But starting with my number 10, as I said, I focused primarily on the 84 through 94 career. I'm going to start with a song off of Unusual Heat. You already heard Sonny talk about the transition and the addition to Johnny Edwards to the band released in June of 91. This is a song called No Hiding Place which I love quite a bit. Most of the stuff is going to be up-tempo stuff that I really like. So from number 10, I'm going to go to number nine. And this is a bit, this is where the band to me really shows their 80s. (laughs) Like (laughs) there's just such a difference between this sound for the band and something off the late 70s. But at number nine for me, off of Agent Provocateur is Reaction to Action. Still has a good guitar, but there's a lot of those emulator synth sounds that are very 80s to me. Uh, And when you listen to that stuff, it just, to me, it sounds very dated. But I like that song a lot, Reaction to Action at number nine. Released in October of 94, the return of Lou Graham to the band with the album Mr. Moonlight. At number eight, I believe this is the lead-off track, but Under the Gun.
so that is my 1098. Yeah, I like all those tunes. And I got to tell you, when I was trying to do my top 10, I started at 35 songs. So it was tough to cut them down to basically the 15 I have with the ballads. But uh, some of those, especially under the gun and no hiding place, were on that list. So, Yeah, and it's something that's why I basically created these two lists because it is, to me, it's a tale of two different bands. You had that 70s hard rock, straight up guitar driven, hooky rock and roll. And then uh, you had some of that in the 90s, but you also had the very synth emulator type, I don't know, almost fake sounding drum machine stuff that also made up some of their catalog. And then you had the big, huge ballad hits like, uh, you know, I want to know what love is, stuff like that. So just a tale of two different bands for me. And uh, that was my 10, nine and eight. Okay. So my number seven. So let's talk Kelly Hansen. Technically, he's been in the band for 15 years. They released an album in 2009. Now, is Kelly Lou Graham? Uh, No, he is not Lou Graham. But, you know, there's no Steve Perry or Chris Cornell out there either. There's people possibly pretending to be those people, but there's never going to be another Lou Graham. I will tell you, I love Kelly Hansen, and I think he's one of a few, a a select few uh, in rock that replaced a basically bona fide vocalist rock god from the 70s and 80s and is doing an outstanding job. Could Lou do now what he was doing in the 70s, 80s? No, but Kelly is, and uh, he's selling it well too. But my number seven is from Can't Slow Down, 2009, Kelly's first album, and it's a song called Angel Tonight. So co-producer here is Mark Ronson. If that name sounds familiar, that's because he's he's a musician and he's actually Mick Jones' stepson. This song could have easily charted in the 80s or early 90s. The chorus has hit song written all over it. Um, it's written by Mick Jones, Kelly Hansen, and Marty Fredrickson, who you've heard before. Uh, the album was a Walmart exclusive when it first got released, and it is a lost gem from 2009. I'm telling you, if you like melodic rock, you want to give this album a shot. It is the closest to classic Foreigner you will find. Awesome album. From here on out, my top six are all hits. So number six is Double Vision, and it was a second single off of 78's Double Vision. Uh, went to number two on the charts behind MacArthur Park by Donna Summer. Good Lord, I couldn't even say that out loud if it wasn't true. The story here is it's the hockey playoffs. They've got music and melody for Double Vision, but they've got no lyrics. And New York Rangers goalie John Davidson gets floored with a cross-check. And they take him to the locker room, and the announcer says something like, Davidson has Double Vision. And Lou's like, that's it, that's it. And so goes the song. I remember hearing this a ton in the karaoke clubs. There was a guy that used to go to the karaoke restaurant we used to go to all the time that sang this song. I mean, absolute perfect. And I love the way it builds and then backs off. It's a great song. And my number five is from the first album, third single, Cold as Ice. Went all the way to number six in the top 100. So check out this top five when Cold as Ice hit number six. Boogie Nights by the Heat Wave was number five. Keep It Coming Love by the KC and Sunshine Band was number four. That's Rock and Roll by Sean Cassidy was number three. 
Nobody Does It Better by Carly Simon was number two, and You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone was number one. Just gives you an idea of the type of songs that Foreigner was competing against and still charted. And on this song, you can definitely hear the drums a little bit louder. There's actually a guitar solo. And the little breakdown thing they do in the middle is a little unique for the time. But just to know that they were competing, like Carly Simon, I mean, she's a pop goddess, right? So, I mean, the stuff that they're putting out there and it still resonated with fans is outstanding. And that is my seven, six, and five. Yeah, it was competing because it was kicking ass while the rest of that stuff was slow crap. (laughs) Carly Simon, she had that big hit, Nobody Does It Better, off the the Spy Who Loved Me uh, soundtrack, that James Bond movie. Oh, is that what that's from? Yeah, that song was huge. Uh, That's good. Yeah, I got no, uh, no problems with any of that stuff. All right. So going to my number seven, we're going back to the Unusual Heat record released, as I said, June of 91. Moment of Truth is the song off of that record. Most of the songs I'm picking off that record, all upbeat. Well, let me change that. All the songs I'm picking off of Unusual Heat, all upbeat, standard, foreigner, hard rock songs. Johnny Edwards, to me, does an amazing job. I was really, really seriously unfamiliar with this record. I think I had it when it first came out, and it went on the shelf, and I never paid attention to it again until I have a podcast and decided we were going to do a Foreigner episode. (laughs) And I was going to dig deep in some of this stuff because you ain't hearing this song live from them these days, that's for sure. So, Moment of Truth, great song off of Unusual Heat. From there, we're going to go to the Best Of record. I picked up this Best Of, and it was called like Best Of and Beyond Foreigner at some point in time, but it had three new tracks on it, released in September of 92. It had all the hits, which was great, but these three new tracks, and one of the tracks off it I absolutely love. It's a song called Soul Doctor. We've played that on our show before, I think, at one point in time. But I just think it's an outstanding song. So Soul Doctor at number six, I guess. From there, we go to the record Inside Information for the first time for me. Released in December of 87. This is the title track, Inside Information, that is sitting at number five for me.
dig that tune. Inside information still sounds very 80s, but still has a little bit of the guitar still left over from the old Foreigner days. So that is my seven, six, and five. Yeah, all of those songs were in the top 35 I had too. So it's good stuff. Yeah. Okay, so before we get further, let's go to this. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. So we love our Grown Ups of the Week. Here's the folks that shared us on Facebook and retweeted us on Twitter. We got number two, Alan Deshawn, Jason Alexander, David Cathy, Brad Rustovin, Gusa, Mark Weiss, Zeus, Cobras and Fire Podcast, Ogata, Rodney Wayne, Delcor, Keith Rochford, Ages Rock Podcast, Peter Stas, Joe Polo, uh, Stanley Lives for You, Shout It Out Loudcast, David Hudson, David Clement, Aaron Martell, Terry Colombo, I think I'm saying that one wrong. Maria Dunn, Steve Wright, Ivan Gilsick, Curtis Lankos, Tony Masalam, Antoine Perone, Hopper, Courtney Cronin Dole, Jeff Taylor, Arrowhead, Carrie Morgan, The Hook Rocks, Vetter Libby, Tom Gelati, Dan Nation, Jay Sabluski, Justin Bowski, Trace Mess 469, Steve Vargo, I Love It Loudcast. Uh, Grayson Gallegos, Kevin Williams, Chris James A, Eladio, Rodney Dixon, Niner Fan 16, Jason Kearney, Nuda, Daryl Alber, Save Rock and Metal, Potter Than Hell, Steve Gulick, EMZT Podcast and Productions, Sissy Williams, Bada Bing 1968, Donna Chang, S Sexy, Burner Account. Oh, Burner Account, okay. Uh, Lime Link, Aaron Baker, none of these others are because Stop Being Special is totally you. Anyway, uh, Alan Tate, PJ Macias, Tomito, Yoshisaka, Bill Elam, Todd Herrick, Johnny Restrained, Christina Green, Sean Reese, ACDC, Cronkite, Lee Stauber, Maxwell, Brian Harris, Stephanie Temples, Peter Cicery, Mark Adams, TC, Curtis Shaver, Restrained, Tammy N, Rick Friel, and Zayden Black. And then wanted to thank Restrained for all the bumper music. Jill Manichetti shared us, Aaron Lee shared us, and Y&T shared us, thanks to the Aaron Lee great interview that we released a while back. Yep. Thanks to everybody for sharing. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the feedback. Go out and become part of the Loud Minority Facebook group. Uh, We're trying to get as many people in there as possible. We like discussing the podcast, sharing music, sharing videos, talking about concerts, and all kinds of fun stuff. So come on over, join the private Facebook group, and uh, join the discussion. All right, let's get back to it. Okay, so my 432, my number four is off of Agent Provocateur 84, song called That Was Yesterday. It was the second single, got to number 12, and this is after I Want to Know What Love Is went to number one. And That Was Yesterday has got a super catchy chorus. I love this song. But I got to say, this is when their decline starts on the charts. They had a couple of other hits afterwards, but really their popularity was still good. But that whole increased use of the synth, it kind of drives some of the guitar guys and gals 
away. And like in this song, you can't really even tell there is guitar in it at all. And I love the song, but for the folks that were maybe a fan of Double Vision, they might have lost them here. So, uh, but that's my number four. My number three comes from Inside Information 87, Say You Will. It was the first single, got to number six. Check out this top five when it got to number six in 87. Number five was Hungry Eyes by Eric Carmen. Number four was Father Figure by George Michael. Number three was Could Have Been by Tiffany. Number two was What Have I Done to Deserve This by the Pet Shop Boys. And number one was Seasons Change by Expose. So it kind of shows you again, they were still fighting the big pop guys. These are all pop hits, but Say You Will does have a rock element to it. And it's got a simple guitar riff. It's got that killer Lou Graham vocal, and it's got a good mix of the synthesizer. So they were doing a good job, even in 1987, of competing. And my number two is the hit song Urgent from 1981's four record. Got to number four. It wasn't going to get to number one at this point because the three top songs were Stop Dragging My Heart Around, Slow Hand by the Pointer Sisters, and Endless Love. And those three are classics by those, those artists that are doing it. So it wasn't getting to number one. Song's got a great sax solo. I love the way that it ends. Um, you know, at this point, they got Mutt Lang. He's just come from ACDC, but, uh, you know, Foreigner's sound wasn't quite as heavy. So they're trying to kind of blend still the rock and synth. They got Thomas Dolby to help them. Nobody knows who he is yet. And, but you can hear kind of Dolby's pop sensibility on a song like Urgent. And, um, the sax solo was done by Junior Walker, who's a legend. So my four, three, two, that was yesterday. Say you will. And urgent. That first top five that you were saying competing with, like I don't, I didn't know any of those songs. Like you don't know Father Figure. Father Figure, I know. I'm talking about like what was the one expose and seasons change. Seasons change, people change. You don't remember that song? No. Who's that by? Expose. No, don't know that one. And you don't remember Hungry Eyes by Eric Carmen? Hungry Eyes, I knew. What there? There was something else you mentioned though that I was yeah. like, "What have I done to deserve this?" You don't remember that song? No, by who? What have I? What have I? What have I done to deserve? This? It was Pet Shop Boys. No, the only song I oh know by God. Pet Shop Boys was West End Girls. Yeah, this was the other hit. Uh, and then the <laughs> Tiffany song you wouldn't have known anyway. Yeah, crap, all of it. But good, <laughs> but good selections to make the charts from Foreigner, so that's all good. But yeah, you're definitely right. That was when they started their downward spiral for sure. All right, so four, three, two. Okay, so at number four, we're going to the Agent Provocateur record. It's the second one for me in my top 10, released December of 84, Stranger in My House. Starts off with uh, Lou Graham's vocals at the beginning of that, goes into a good groove. I like that song. From there, we heard Sonny mention it earlier, which is the record Can't Slow Down, uh, which was Kelly Hansen's first and I think pretty much only record with Foreigner because they haven't really put out a new record since then. It's all been like live records and stuff like that. But the title track, Can't Slow Down, Kelly Hansen, Mick Jones, Jeff Pilson, and Brian Titchy. Just a really, like Sonny said, it's it's a throwback to the old school 
melodic rock uh, foreigner. Really, it's just a great song. Can't slow down. Love it. From there, we go to Inside Information. My number two song is a song called Counting Every Minute off the Inside Information record. Again, another straight ahead rock song for me. That's pretty much what Foreigner does really well. And it's what I like. So that's my number two. And that is my four, three, two. Great picks. And let's get to my number one all-time favorite Foreigner song. Probably doesn't surprise a bunch of people, but off of Double Vision's 1978 release, Hot-Blooded.
that song. I never get sick of it. And there's a great story behind it, which I'll tell you in a second. But uh, this got to number three on the charts. The number two song was Three Times a Lady by the Commodores. You know that song at least, right? Absolutely. Okay. The number one song was Boogie Oogie Oogie (laughs) by A Taste of Honey. That was the number one song when Hot Blood got to three, Uh, whatever. But anyway, the story on this song. So it's 77, early 78. They're at the Cal Jam. They're the first band of the day, and they are playing in front of just an insane amount of people. They do their set list. All is good. Relatively young band. They don't got a bunch of songs. So the crowd's yammering for an encore. So Mick's like, all right, let's do the new song we wrote. And Lou goes, we only have one verse of lyrics written for that new song. Mick goes, just repeat the verse three times. Who cares? And they go out and they do hot-blooded. And Lou Graham says, from the reaction, we knew we had a hit. And we hadn't finished the song yet. So it just goes to show you good songs are good songs. And this whole thing about... You know, nobody wants to hear the new stuff from Legacy Acts and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if that's always true because I think a good song can uh, kind of cut through all that. But uh, Hot Blood is outstanding. What's your number one? All right. So in sticking with my theme, the 84 through 94, you heard Sonny mention it as his number 10. It's my number one off of Unusual Heat, released June 91, Low Down and Dirty.
Wow, number one. I would not have guessed that. Love the groove in this song. I just think it's a really great rocker. I just dig this tune. So that is my number one. And again, if you're coming into this, obviously, my top 10 that I'm discussing right now is the 84 through 94 period of time for the band, because my favorite period of time for the band is 78 through 81. And I'm going to give you my top 10 foreigner songs that are my overall top 10 favorite foreigner songs. Do you want to talk about some of the ones that missed your list? Do you have any that missed your list there that were just outside your top 10? Yeah. So like I said, I had uh, 35 songs I started out with. We talked about a bunch of them already, and I'll, I'll talk about uh, the ballads here in a second. Uh, but I had Feel Like the First Time, I had Head Games on there, Blue Morning, Blue Day, Jukebox Hero, Dirty White Boy, a uh, song called Out of the Blue off of Inside Information. I had a bunch of them off Can't Slow Down, Too Late, Give Me a Sign. There's a great song. There's two other great songs off Inside Information. One's called Face to Face. The other one's called Hearts Turn to Stone. Uh, there's some off of Agent Provocateur. Tooth and Nail, not the Doc and Tooth and Nail. You know, Rev on the Red Line. There's some Lou Graham songs I loved. Ready or Not, Midlight Blue, and Just Between You and Me. Those were great songs. So, uh, yeah, it, it was not easy to get to a top 10 for sure. Yeah, I didn't even touch any of the Lou Graham stuff because, yeah, he's got some great songs as well. But I focused only on Foreigner. Some of the ones that missed my top 10, two off of Unusual Heat. So, I already had a bunch in my top 10, but there's another couple songs off of Unusual Heat that I liked a lot too, just missed my list. Mountain of Love and Only Heaven Knows, which kicks off the record. Both great songs. Another one off of Inside Information is A Night to Remember. I think that's really like towards the end of the record, but I like that song. And then as Sonny just mentioned, Tooth and Nail off Agent Provocateur, I think is a, a good tune as well. So that just missed my top list. All right. You want to get into your top five ballads and I'll share my top 10 overall foreigner songs? Uh, sure. So for those ballad lovers, my number five and number four are both off of Can't Slow Down. Kelly Hansen absolutely kills these two ballads. They're called I'll Be Home Tonight and When It Comes to Love. And I'm telling you, When It Comes to Love would have been a number one hit in the late eighties. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind. And then the top three are the ones everybody knows. My number three is I don't want to live without you. Number two is I, I want to know what love is. And number one is their best song.
waiting for a girl like you. I mean, that put him on the map. It put him in the car where women would listen to him. It brought women to the shows. That one song really cemented Foreigner as a chart-topping band to be reckoned with, even though they had great songs before that. That really put them on the map. So that's my top five ballads. Doesn't it sound a little bit strange saying that put them on the map after they had already sold 10, 15 million records? Yeah, but you know how that goes. <laughs> All right. So no doubt Waiting for a Girl Like You is a great song because A, it's a ballad and it still appears in my top 10 overall foreigner songs that I absolutely love. And I got a little bit of a story that goes with that one. But let me go through my top 10 favorite foreigner songs of all time at number 10 cold as ice off the debut record love that song number nine nightlife off foreigner four the lead off track kick-ass song love it number eight rev on the red line off of head games released september 79 i just think the melody in that song is great number seven urgent off the foreigner four record talked about Heading to school and blaring that one out of the car stereo. Great song. Number six, the title track off of Head Games, Head Games, released in September of 79. Uh, number five, off of Foreigner Four, Waiting for a Girl Like You. So like everybody that listens to this show, they know I'm not a huge ballad person, but yet this song made my top ten list. So I think it was probably about the second, maybe third date ever that I went with my wife to a Foreigner and Sticks concert. And we went with a group of her friends. So this was the first time that I was meeting a lot of her friends within that group because there were probably, let's see, two, four, six, there were probably about six to eight of us. And it was out at a amphitheater. And one of the boyfriend girlfriends at the show, as I said, I just met him. We get to the part in the concert where it's waiting for a girl like you. The guy drops to his knees and asks the lady to marry him right there on the spot. And this was literally like the first time I'd met any of her friends. It was probably only the third date that we had had uh, all together, third or fourth date, something like that. But obviously, every time that song comes up, when we go see them just about every year, it's, it's always kind of a laughing moment for us, right? Because we talk about that moment. So kind of fun. From there to number four, we go with Double Vision. Uh, the title track off of Double Vision, released in June 78. Number three, Dirty White Boy off the Head Games record. I love Dirty White Boy. It's such a, a rocker of a tune. Just really great song. Number two, overall song, Feels Like the First Time off the debut Foreigner record. I just love that riff. Such a great song, such a good mixture of keyboards and, and guitar, released in March of 77. And my number one all-time favorite Foreigner song. You want to take a guess at what it is? Uh, I want to know what love is. <laughs> yeah, that's a dumb guess. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Jukebox Hero off of Foreigner 4. Standing in the rain 
I love everything about this song. I love the story that it tells. I love the iconic picture that this song paints. It's just my favorite song. Never get tired of it. Never turn it off. Always turn it up. It's just a great song. It's become synonymous so so much with the band altogether. It's kind of the image uh, you think of when you think of Foreigner. You think of Jukebox Hero. And that is my number one favorite Foreigner song of all time. Some songs that just missed my list. Long Way From Home off of the debut record. Head Knocker off of the debut record. Uh, There's a cool tune off of Head Games called Woman. It's sort of a different song, but it's kind of a cool tune. So I kind of dig Woman off of Head Games. And then Blue Morning, Blue Day off of Double Vision is a great song. Those are my all-time favorite Foreigner songs. Well, that's a great list. Before we wrap up, you know what we got to do. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So for the historic moment, we're doing a little bit of six degrees of separation thing here. So Brian Titchy is a drummer. He was in Foreigner from 98 to 2000, then again from 2008, 2010. And he's done fill-in shows here and there. He was the drummer on that album, Can't Slow Down, that they released about 11 years ago. And Brian has been known to say out loud that he is a huge Peter Chris fan. Uh, In interviews, he said it was a snare drum sound. It got him listening for some reason, which got him into Zeppelin, got him into Rush, and everything else he listened to from that part on. Well, the other person who's a huge Peter Chris fan is Jamie St. James from Black and Blue because he used to play the role of Peter Chris when he was in Cold Gin, a Kiss tribute band. Well, also in that Kiss tribute band was Tommy Thayer, Tommy Thayer is the current spaceman in Kiss, and he played the spaceman in Cold Gin. Well, there's actually a black and blue song where Peter Chris does the vocal. And Jamie St. James wrote songs for Gene Simmons. So we got Simmons, we got Chris, we got Fraley connections all through Brian Titchy, and the sixth degree of separation goes to a song off Nasty Nasty called Best in the West.
Yeah, I like that song. There's a lot of people. Isn't Ron Keel also on that song? Yeah, he is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good tune. Dig it. All right. Our Foreigner 10, which isn't an album they released. It's unlike Foreigner 4. This would be interesting because they have nine studio albums, so the next album would be Foreigner 10. I think we should send something to their office. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they'll credit us. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> Some dumbass in a fucko came up with this title. Thank you. That's how we're going to get thanked. <laughs> it's up to the listener to figure out who's a dumbass and who's the fucko, though. Thank you and quit talking about us on your podcast. <laughs> That's right. You're not doing us any favors. <laughs> we already had hits without you, fuckos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, some of these songs which there's probably 10 to 15 of them. And, you know, the top five of all time will be a classic rock forever. But those 10 or 15 songs will be in movies forever. Like they will be in commercials. They will be in movies. They are classic rock songs that will never be duplicated. And Kelly's doing a great job. And I will say it again. I love Kelly Hansen, loved Hurricane, loved his voice. He's not Lou Graham. He doesn't have to be. He's doing justice to the songs to where people like you can go see him every single year and have a great time. And I think that's awesome. It is a band that where it is, I mean, it really is truly about the songs. And they're proving it, you know, that they can be a band that can literally live on forever through just the music because... Mick Jones, the only original guy left in the band, and some nights he's not even there. So, you know, they'll take it as far as they can with guys like uh, Hanson and Pilsen. And who knows, you know, maybe the next batch of young guns come in. And as long as they do the music justice, it's a good time. It's a great night of rock and roll because I don't get tired of hearing these tunes for whatever reason. And they play them so damn well in concert these days that there's just, you know, as long as it's a reasonable ticket, there's no reason not to go. Yeah, we were thrown around doing a Foreigner episode at some point, but it was Curtis Lankos that reminded me that Lou Graham had just recently hit the big 7-0. So when Curtis kind of reminded me of that, uh, we were kind of talking about maybe this is the time that we should do the Foreigner episode. So thanks, Curtis, for the reminder. Thanks to our friend Curtis Lankos uh, for giving us the idea and reminding us that Lou Graham hit his 70th birthday. Uh, our friend Curtis has a blog called Retro Zest, 
and it's at R-E-T-R-O-Z-E-S-T.com. Go check it out and read up. He wrote an article and he shared his top seven list of foreigner singles for Lou Graham's 70th birthday. And his list consisted of Double Vision at number seven, Cold as Ice at number six, Head Games at number five, Urgent at number four, off of Foreigner Four, uh, Waiting for a Girl Like You at number three, his number two, Jukebox Hero, and you want to take a guess at his number one? Hot-blooded, baby. His number one feels like the first time, so he basically <laughs> he basically flip-flopped his one and two with me. Uh, so <laughs> great list. Uh, there's not a bad one on that list, so it's all good, uh, Curtis. But thanks again for that. We appreciate it. All right. Well, this has been a good episode, man. I, I Like I said, there's a, several bands that fall kind of yeah, you know, down the line as to whether they're hard rock or just straight up rock and roll. But uh, Foreigner definitely, to me, is a guitar-driven band, much like Journey, much like a Boston or even a Sticks. And it's a band that I definitely were, they were instrumental in my grown-up rock years. So I wanted to do an episode and you obviously like a lot of the stuff as well. So it was a good episode for us to do. Yeah, this is usually when our tastes cross. Like if there's bands that hit the top 40 in the 80s or early 90s, I was so much into that top 40 music because being an MTV kid, you're force-fed it all the time. Uh, that's usually when our tastes get somewhat similar. Yeah, and what I like about this is my top 10 focusing on maybe some of the later years that people weren't as familiar. A lot of the listeners to the podcast are roughly my age, and they identify with those first three, first four albums the most. You know, everybody that knows Foreigner knows the Jukebox Heroes and the Cold as Ice and the Double Visions, but they may not know as much off of unusual heat or inside information or agent provocateur and probably definitely don't know stuff off of Mr. Moonlight. And so uh, hopefully this showcased a little bit of that stuff and you can find stuff in their later catalog that you like as much as uh, some of the earlier stuff. Definitely, definitely. Great band. Wanted to thank all the listeners for all the support and feedback. Appreciate everything you're doing out there. And thanks for uh, sharing us and spreading the word. Yep. Ditto everything my friend Hollywood there just said. We appreciate each and every one of you guys. Come on over to the Loud Minority Facebook group. Join up. Discuss the podcast. Give us some ideas. Talk about latest bands you're discovering, concerts, etc., etc. We have some good conversations going on over there private Facebook group. So you're amongst friends and uh, yeah, that's it. Anything else? Nope. Let's get out of here. All right. Till next week. See ya later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle and roll. Play us out boys.
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.